everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Um, I am not joined by anyone today except for myself. I got my water bottle here with me, which is kind of nice, and my journal because I wrote all my notes today in my journal, like handwritten, which sometimes I do, most times I don't. Um, it is a little bit slow for me, but you know, it's nice to practice slowing down every once in a while and just getting your thoughts out on paper. I actually do encourage it in my, um, with my clients as well. We have some time before each workout to sit and journal and to pray and to spend time with the Lord. And I think that's a fantastic way to connect your health to your faith. Um, so today we're talking about what cycling has taught me about life. Uh, a couple of lessons that I've learned in the past four or five months of, you know, getting a bike and riding on the bike and, and you know, actually enjoying this thing. I never have been a biker in the past, so this was quite a transition for me. Um, a little story about how that came to pass. Back in April, um, I bought my wife this bike, this cute little European vibe, um, bright blue bike that she had her eye on. And I bought it as a surprise and she loved it. And at the time I was riding an electric skateboard. And for those who don't know, an electric skateboard is probably the easiest thing you can do. You're standing there, you're holding a remote control in your hand and all you do is lean from side to side and you're going at speeds from 10 to 35 kilometers an hour. So my wife and I would often go on these rides together. Nicole is going like as hard as she can, pedaling and pedaling and pedaling. And I'm just standing there and she's huffing and puffing. <gasps> and I'm just standing there going up this hill with absolutely no problem. And I kind of felt bad after a while. I'm like, maybe I should, you know, buy a bike so that I, at least I can huff and puff with her. Um, so I went and bought a bike and it was a lot of fun. I was not expecting to to enjoy it as much as I did, but um, I enjoyed it so much that I went and upgraded my bike. And then I enjoyed that so much that I upgraded my bike again. Um, so now here I am addicted into the sport of road cycling. And here are the lessons that I have learned so far. Number one, um, let's start here. Aggressive positivity. And this is a lesson that's not just um, on the bike, but also off the bike as well. But basically, on the bike, when you're riding, there are going to be rides that are hard. There are going to be certain obstacles um, that you're going to come up, whether it's an enormous hill or whether it's whatever it is, um, things are going to be difficult. Your legs are often going to be in pain. Maybe they're sore. Maybe they're tired, especially if it's a 50 kilometer, 100 kilometer ride, whatever it is. And you can react one of two ways. You can either react negatively oh my gosh, this sucks. I hate this. I'm in so much pain. I can't wait for this pain to end. I can't wait till I'm done this. Okay, that's option number one, um, which most of us do, by the way, when we're working out. Oh my gosh, I hate exercise. I hate this. It's so boring. It hurts. I hate it. whatever. Um, we understand that. But a lot of research and studies show that actually that kind of mindset will make the pain worse. And encourage you to fail earlier uh, because the pain is worse. So there is the other way that you can react to it. And what I call this is aggressive positivity. 
And I say aggressive because you're fighting back against the mind's negativity aggressively. You're kind of taking charge and saying, I'm going to react positively. So instead of going up a hill and being like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I can't wait till this is over. Go, you know what? I'm improving here. This might be difficult right now, but I know I can do this. This is the zone that I'm improving. It's when everyone else wants to give up that I'm putting the most deposits into the account. I know I can do this. God has blessed me with this ability. Thank God that I'm able to do this. And approaching it with that positivity actually will lessen the pain and help you perform better. And now this has translated into my life as well. I find that God often puts opportunities that are tough, that are painful, that are frustrating. Maybe they're just inconvenient, whatever it is. And however we react to that situation determines our growth. When we react positively with gratefulness and, you know, thank and rely on God, not only will we be happier, but the situation will turn out better. When we react negatively, uh, not only will we, you know, be in more pain and not enjoy the process and not enjoy the journey, we also tend to blame God, fall into sin and waste the pain. And I really want to touch on that phrase for a second, wasting the pain, because pain is a good thing. As much as we all hate pain and we have this kind of avoiding pain mindset, pain is a good thing because I don't want to, I don't always say this um, because I don't necessarily believe in no pain, no gain. But if you're able to mentally push yourself through something that's painful, you're growing mentally. And for example, um, in my own life, Sometimes, um, you know, you're going through something painful, such as trying to, this is not even in my own life anymore, but, you know, trying to balance uh, a full-time job. You're trying to take care of kids. You're trying to be a better husband or wife to your, to your wife or husband that doesn't really, you know, isn't really sensitive to your needs. Um, and you're just trying to do all these things and you're, you're trying to make money and you're trying to all these things, it can be painful if you don't feel like you're you're not getting any support. But with that being said, the way you react to the situation, the pain, whatever it is that you're in, will also determine how you come out of it and how you use that pain. Whether you react, oh my gosh, I hate my life. Okay, well, <laughs> now everything's going to suck. But if you react with positivity, aggressive positivity, like, yeah, this might be hard, but God is putting this in my life for a reason. I'll thank God for all these circumstances and I allow him um, to use these circumstances for whatever lesson he wants to teach me, whatever character development he wants to instill in me. You're not wasting the pain anymore. Pain is there for a reason. And it's either up to us to use that pain for us to grow in our character to develop or for us to waste the pain and waste all the lessons that come along with it. And that's why James, in the book of James, it says, uh, rejoice in your sufferings for suffering produces character. You know, that, that character is a good thing. And um, lastly, an example from my own life, and it can be trivial, trivial things. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves, which is... I don't know why, but when I'm on the road cycling 
and I'm in the bike lane. And here in Canada, we don't have that many bike lanes. They end super quick. Um, but you know, when I'm in the bike lane and I see someone walking or jogging in the bike lane on the opposite side of the road, when there is a sidewalk available on both sides of the road, it is one of my biggest pet peeves because now I have to exit the bike lane, which is specifically designed for bikes because this person has decided to run or walk on the bike lane, putting me in danger because now I am going into traffic uh, and they often just don't care. Okay, I'm already approaching this with negativity. Now, what I have been trying to practice doing is approaching this with positivity. So rather than assuming the worst, thinking, okay, you know what? Maybe they've just been following what everyone else has been doing. Maybe they don't know that this is actually unsafe and that they shouldn't be riding here or walking or running here, whatever it is. Um, Maybe they've just been seeing all these other runners and walkers and joggers on the road and they think that um, it's a good thing to do. Maybe they come from a town where there was no sidewalk. I don't know what it is. Um, But approaching it with positivity, not only does that help me see the best in the other person, but also helps me to avoid those feelings of anger and frustration and stress, which lowers my cortisol all level levels and helps me perform better and keeps me happier day to day. Okay. Approach all things with positivity, whether it's a challenge, whether it's suffering, whether it's pain, whether it's a frustration, whether it's an inconvenience, whatever it is, look at everything with aggressive positivity. Look for the best in everyone and everything and give thanks in all circumstances. That has been my phone wallpaper for the past couple months. And that has been one of the biggest lessons that cycling has taught me. Number two, if you're not having fun, you won't succeed. And this is a, this is a fun one. I actually do talk about this a lot. Um, I had a client named Candace and she started exercising in one of her first workouts. She was so angry. She was like, Ely, if I wasn't a Christian, I would be cussing you out right now because I so did not enjoy this workout. And I was like, I was kind of laughing in my head a little bit, but I'm like, okay, that's not good. Um, how can we do this? And a couple of months later, out of nowhere, she was like, this workout was so fun. I love it. I'm really enjoying this. I, I love pushing myself and, and lifting these weights and getting stronger and feeling better. I love this. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. She actually enjoys the process. And so the road to success, whether it's in your fitness or whether it's anything else in life, is paved with genuine enjoyment and genuine fulfillment. For me, riding a bike is the ability to push my body and to go fast, to feel the wind on my face and to forget my worries day to day. You have to find what you enjoy and do more of that. And not only for exercise, but life. Because having something that you enjoy doing day to day, it gives you something to look forward to. When you get out of bed, when things are tough, when you're, when you need to, you know, let off some steam, when you, when something not so great happens, whatever it is, you have something to look forward to. And that comes down to having goals. There was um, an interesting story I read about a public speaker and he was actually getting pretty old and he was speaking for many, many years, super successful as a speaker, but his age was causing him to 
to grow remorseful of all the traveling that he had to do to speak at these public speaking conventions and engagements that he had. Uh, he was in his mid-60s. He was feeling old. He didn't like traveling anymore. In fact, every time he did travel, he was feeling burdened and weary and upset and angry that he was traveling. And it was causing him not to enjoy his job anymore. But he started picking up this sport, the sport being golf. And he really started to grow attached to golf. He was loving golf. Uh, he was golfing the weekends. He was golfing every day. It was his form of exercise and he just loved it. And then he set this goal for himself. He said, I have a goal that every time I go to public speak anywhere and I have to travel, I am going to play at the golf course that's in that country, in that city, in that town, whatever it is. And when, once he started doing that, not only did he enjoy the process of traveling, but he also tend, now he enjoyed his job more and he got to golf and do, do something that he loved. He was looking forward to something that he enjoyed, golf, which translated to every other part of his life as well. And I found that story fascinating because I find that biking has not only allowed me to enjoy biking, but it's given me something to look forward to every day that, you know, I'm able to challenge myself. When I come home, I'm more excited to see my wife. Um, when I get to work, I'm more excited to help my clients. It's It translates to every other part of your life as well. So you have to have fun and enjoy the process in order to succeed. And that comes, translates to every other part of your life as well. All right, number three, and I'm going to tie this in with number four, hills. Nicole hates hills, uh, and I don't blame her. Hills are hard, especially when you're on the bike. You know, when you're going up a hill in a car, it's the easiest thing. You're just like, oh, we <laughs> like you don't even think about it. But when you're going up the hill yourself and you are putting this effort into your legs and, and really pushing yourself up a hill, it can be unenjoyable. And also, hills tend to look a lot bigger when you're far away from them. And this is something I've noticed when I'm riding. Um, and let's say I'm, I'm at the top of a hill and there's a big downhill and there's another uphill. The next uphill looks huge and also a little bit intimidating. And it looks like I'm already starting to think of myself and, oh my gosh, this is, this might not be enjoyable once I get there. But once you go down that hill, um, the first one and get to the second one, it's actually not that bad unless unless some some actually are quite that bad some are huge but for most of the time it's not that bad it looks it looks bigger from far away and getting to the top of that hill is the most rewarding part so here's the thing riding on flat terrain is super easy uh, when you when you go on a hill the whole ride gets harder and there's a struggle. Of course there is. But that's the struggle that actually gives meaning and reward and life to the ride. And that's the struggle that helps you be the best you can be. You have to learn to embrace the hills. You can try to plan your route around the hills, but hills are going to come up unless you live in like Amsterdam or something. But hills are bound to come up. They're inevitable. And in the same way, 
your life will have hills. There will be valleys. There will be peaks. Hills will look huge from far away. Like you don't know how to tackle them. And you try to plan your life that you can just stay on the flat and live that easy life. And that living on the flat might be easier, but doing those hard hills and getting up to the top is what's actually rewarding. It's what actually gives meaning and life and purpose. You know, when you're only on riding one wave the entire time, as much as it sucks to say, riding the flat can get boring if you're doing it for 100 kilometers, 200 kilometers. If you're, if you're on flat terrain your whole life and you've never had any ups and downs, you don't appreciate the ups or the downs. You don't appreciate anything. But when you're able to go up through the spectrum of life's waves and emotions and hills and go back down, I hope I'm making sense here, um, but you're experiencing all that there is, then you also tend to appreciate everything more. To give you a quote, um, this comes from the Count of Monte Cristo. The quote says, there is neither happiness nor misery in this world, only the state of comparison from one to another. He who experiences the most supreme grief can also experience the greatest happiness. And it's that, that's hills, that's hills. If you're riding on the flat, you never get to compare happiness or misery, <laughs> honestly, as, as much as it sucks to say. But when you're riding on those hills at the top, you made it, you're happy as you just put yourself through this misery and you get to go down this amazing hill. And then you put yourself back through the misery and you keep comparing yourself. And it's, it's hard, but that's what gives life. That's what gives purpose. And now in the same way, there's also wind and wind is like this ever present fierce agent acting against you, no matter where you're going and what you're doing. It's trying to push you from side to side against you, making you go slower. Very seldom. It's a, it's a friend. Uh, most times it's an enemy. It's a nuisance. And as a rider, um, you have to learn to get into more aggressive aerodynamic positions when the wind is hitting you head on in order to conserve your energy uh, rather than waste your energy. Because, you know, as I'm riding, I am not a very aerodynamic creature. Let's just say that. Um, the wind is hitting me and I am the biggest force of drag. So when the wind is hitting me, it's pushing me back. So I have to put more power into the pedals in order to continue moving at the same speed. So when the wind is hitting me head on, I can either put more power, which is going to burn me out quicker, or I can get into a more aerodynamic position and, and face the wind. Other times, if the wind is hitting me from the back and pushing me towards the way I want to go, I can relax a little bit and allow the wind to push me where I want to go. Now in life, it also feels a lot like the wind is pushing against you most of the time, no matter where you're going or what you're doing. You have to kind of learn to embrace the wind, um, like the hills, because hills are inevitable and wind is inevitable. And you can't always uh, avoid the wind. In fact, most of the time, unless you're riding inside on an indoor trainer, you can't avoid the wind. But good planning and wise positions and, and energy will help you manage the wind. If you plan your route well, the wind can take you home. So in the same way, 
you have to learn to plan your route kind of in life, but also don't plan so minutely and aggressively to the smallest detail. Because we know what the Bible tells us, that the plans of heart belong to man, but the Lord establishes our steps. But you can still be wise with your planning. There's nothing wrong with planning. And then that takes us to number five. Direct your energy to what matters the most. So on the bike, um, you have to learn, or at least I have to learn, that I have to keep my arms, my shoulders, uh, my elbows, my hands loose and relaxed. I have to keep my core nice and stiff. And my legs are pushing a lot of force through the pedals. That's the position that I need to learn to be in. If I am more tense in my shoulders and my elbows and my arms and I'm locked up up there, I'm actually wasting energy staying tense and not directing energy to what actually matters. I'm tiring myself out faster because I'm wasting that energy. In life, you have to do the same. You have to direct your energy to what actually matters and relax in that which doesn't. Direct your energy to your faith, to your family, to your health. And you got to relax in that which is less important. Maybe that's your education or maybe it's, I don't know, hobbies or whatever it is. But notice, I'm not saying let go completely of those things. I'm saying relax those things. You can either stay stiff and then you're less efficient overall or you can relax your I mean, stiff in like your upper body or stiff in what's less important, or you can relax your grip on that, which is less important and direct your energy to what actually matters. Lesson number six is the importance of an, a good training routine. You can go on to the bike um, or into the gym or whatever you're doing and just go willy-nilly, not really knowing what you're doing. I'll, ho I'll hop around from machine to machine. I'll just go. I'll, I'll push myself a little bit here, not really push myself there. However, I feel like it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, cool. Good workout. I don't know if you've done that before, but it doesn't work. And this comes back to having goals and having direction for those goals and knowing what you want to achieve and planning out the best route to achieve it. So listen, I live um, up in Toronto for those who hopefully everyone knows where Toronto is. It's in Canada. Um, let's say I wanted to drive to the States. That's my goal. If I didn't have a route to get there, and I just kind of went in, okay, today I'll drive on this road a little bit. Maybe I'll turn right here. Maybe I'll turn left there. Uh, we'll see. Whatever happens, happens. And oh, I, I feel tired right now. I'll stop here. I could totally, if I didn't know any better, be moving away from the destination that I wanted to achieve. Or most likely, I'm not taking an efficient route. That's what most of us are doing in the gym. We have either no goals at all. Or we have no direction for those goals and we aren't really doing anything to support us. If you don't have a plan, you're going to fail. That's why a good training routine is important. And that comes down to life. If you don't have a plan for your life and you have nothing to achieve and no goals, you're just reactive, taking everything day to day. And you're never going to achieve anything. 
you have to still have a plan, but also don't be so structured and, and aggressive and stubborn with that plan that when things happen, when life gets in the way, that you guilt yourself into not following it. Because life will get in the way. Things will happen. Events will come up. There will be weather, whatever it is, things will happen and you have to learn to adapt. My dad used to tell me um, when I was a kid, I tell him that I have a plan. I can't, I can't not do the plan. And he's told me, you're not a train. You don't, if someone's in front of you on the tracks, you don't hit them and keep going. You stop, you change your plan, you change your route, and then you carry on. And that teaches us about adaptability. Having a training plan is essential. It's important and you need it. And if you don't know what you're doing, ask for help and that's completely okay. But also be adaptable. That when things come up, whether you're going on a vacation or on a trip or whether whatever it is, life gets in the way, learn to be adaptable. And finally, my last lesson is recovery. And recovery is essential, especially if you're pushing your body and you're pushing it hard because you have such a good training plan and you know when to push and you know when to relax. You need to give your body time to rest. In order for your body to adapt and to get stronger and to help you get stronger, what you're actually exposing it to, you need to rest. If you're not resting, you're not recovering, you're not getting stronger. That means knowing when to stay easy with your workouts, knowing when to take a full day of rest and knowing when to push and to push hard. And that's why having a plan is so important too, because if you don't have a plan, you might go in doing every day easy, might not do a plan at all and just take every day as a rest day in which you're not subjecting your body to anything that it actually needs to adapt from, or you might push every day hard and overtrain. And yes, sleep is important. Getting your full seven to 10 hours, I'm not joking, I get between nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. I very much prioritize my sleep. Um, Eating well, your nutrition, getting enough protein and carbs, which are your body's source of fuel and fats, which you need. Your your nucleus, not your nucleus, your cell membranes are made out of fats. You need fats. You also need to learn a proper cool down. All of these things play an important role in recovery for sure. But recovery runs so much deeper than that. Not only is recovery essential for our physical body and our muscles and our nervous system and all that, but it's also for your mind and your spirit. In Genesis, we read that God rested. God who created the universe rested. And he didn't do it because he was tired. He did it to set an example for us. We as humans are wired to require rest. Rest is essential, not just for our bodies, but also for our minds and for our spirits. And if you want to learn more about rest, go ahead and and search up episode five of this podcast, where I really do a deep dive into whether rest is really necessary in our hustle and bustle culture of you know, caffeinate yourself so that you can do as much as you possibly can and be overproductive and get this and this and that done. Rest is necessary. And if you're not resting, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage in life and training and at everything. So there we go. My five, six, seven, I don't remember how many I said lessons um, that I've learned from cycling in the past couple of months. And maybe they're not the best lessons, 
But hey, I've learned them nonetheless. Um, be aggressively positive. Look for the best in everyone and everything. Embrace the hard stuff. Embrace the hills. Train like you mean it. Have a plan. Know when to go easy. Know when to go hard. Know when to rest. And enjoy the process. Otherwise, you'll never achieve anything. Well, actually, that sounded a little bit uh, sad. You might achieve something, um, but it might be accidental as well. So here we are, Healthy Christian Project. By the way, if you need help with your health, with your fitness, and with all, even you know your mindset and your spiritual life, if you need guidance in any of those things, go ahead and click on the link in the description of this podcast. There's going to be a link to the application page. I'll personally reach out. Uh, I'll give you a text, see what's up. Well, just book a phone call and see if I'm even a good fit to help you. If not, I always have a bunch of resources to give. And if we are a good fit, fantastic. We'll figure out a way to help you. Um, And honestly, I'm praying whoever you are, that you may be able to be as healthy as you possibly can be with it, whether it's with my help or not. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthy Christian Project. I pray that you are healthy and well and that you got something valuable out of this and catch us next time on another episode of the Healthy.